also conducting an amazing weekend meditation workshop on the 29th and 30th at the Seattle Center. For registration of events of Nityananda, also known as Swamiji, please visit seattle.lifeblissprogram.org or call 425-749-7322. New Spirit Journal is a publication dedicated to informing, inspiring, uplifting, and amusing you, our readers. Within its pages, you will find articles and resources that make you think, feel, question, and sometimes chuckle. New Spirit Journal provides a forum for living, growing, and learning. Our writers and advertisers have something to share with the rest of the community and are as diverse as the community itself. They are regular people just like you. At New Spirit, we see every day as a new adventure. New Spirit Journal is available at 425 locations from Bellingham to Olympia and the East Side. Get your copy today and have yourself an adventure or visit us on the web at NewSpiritJournal.com. Again, that's NewSpiritJournal.com. Sitting by the fire, making memories. Let's pass around the coffee, hear the whisper in the trees. Another day behind us, the moon is on the rise. Finding your music with Ava tonight. Tune in Mondays and Fridays at 5 a.m. for Finding Your Music here on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. I'm Dr. Pat Basile, the host of The Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Let me help you take your empowering message to a community of people looking for products and services that value all life on earth and tap into the one true freedom we have, the freedom to choose. Let our listeners choose you. Join the buzz and be the buzz. Sponsor The Dr. Pat Show. Call me at 206-523-5522. That's 206-523-5522. Views expressed on the following program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. This is Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This truly is the Dr. Pat Show, and I want to say the home of crust busting. Uh, you know this show as either Dr. Pat Show or crust busting, and today's show is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and it's great and phenomenal and all of those things because my guest today is an amazing individual, Dr. Jean Houston, scholar, philosopher, researcher in human capacities, and she is by far, without question, uh, one of the foremost visionary thinkers and doers of our time. Now, what do I mean by that? What do I mean by visionary thinker and doer? It's one thing to have an idea. It's one thing to have a vision. It's another thing to take action. And so that's why you hear the term sacred activism, because yes, it is sacred, and we'll talk to Jean about what that means, but also it is about action. And for those of you that are not familiar with her work, she has created such, a, such an amazing platform of educational, inspirational material 
material in the forms of books, her workshops, uh, the mystery schools. And I know this. Why do I know this? Because I have been there. I have been through it. Uh, social artistry and intensive. I have also been through the 10-day intensive. All of this is information that is available to you. And she is coming to Seattle to be part of the unbelievable Sacred Activism Conference. It, it's Actually, it's not unbelievable. It's very believable. And it's extremely timely. She will be talking to us about reimagining the future. And then on Sunday, she will also be doing a, a, a very, very, very special and timely presentation on the Divine Feminine as the gateway to the wisdom civilization. So Dr. Jean Houston is a personal, personal connection and friend of mine. And I would love to invite her to this show and uh, this award-winning show, which she has personally supported and has supported me on my journey, uh, journey beyond any anything that I would have even imagined, and I am so forever grateful. Thank you, Dr. Jean Houston, for joining the show today. Well, thank you, Pat. It's a great pleasure to be with you again. You know, every time I have the opportunity to speak with you, and especially in the context of what we're talking about, I just absolutely get filled up. I mean, I'm almost at this point where I'm so... Uh, over overcome by the work that you have done and how you walk the talk and the many, many things that you have inspired each and every one of us to do, that it's almost as if you raise the bar for all of us. You create very broad shoulders for us to stand on. And I want to thank you for that. And now you're coming to Seattle and, and you're a part of the Sacred Activism Conference. So I would like to ask you, in your terms, what does this conference mean from a historical perspective? But also, what does sacred activism mean to you? Well, I think the conference itself, which is bringing together an extraordinary array of people, people who are truly, as you say, <clears throat> at the cutting edge of change, who know that if you're going to create social enhancement it requires a shift in consciousness it's the old einsteinian statement you know that the consciousness that created the problem just can't be the same lousy consciousness you know uh, that continues it you have to have a mind shift in order to have a world shift and so this conference is one that brings state-of-the-art folks like michael lerner uh, uh robert kennedy uh you know people like that uh, Marianne Williamson, people mm -hmm. who are out there with yeah. a heart and soul, who have done their human homework profoundly, who have developed all manner of strategies of both outer and inner change to begin to share their the, the, the ways that they are pushing the edge, pushing the membrane of the possible. I mean, it could not be a more powerful conference. And it's going to be a small conference, too, so there will be a tremendous opportunity for people to interact with these great world changers and to really sit down one-on-one -on -one as, well as, as well as to be part of the conference. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right about it being small. When we talk about small in terms of some of these other the events that you go to where there are thousands and thousands of yeah, people. Yeah, this is like 100, 150 people. Well, this is a phenomenal conference where you will get to really be in that one-on-one -on -one experience with every there we're going to do a remote broadcast from there so that's going to be uh, another way for people to connect and so you know in the scheme of things Jean, you know i know that you are doing uh, some great work you are really changing this planet and changing the consciousness from your 
from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> I mean, my, my huge Airedale, I have a 120-pound Airedale, is sitting there looking at me and saying, change the planet, nuts, give me my breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to do those things too, God don't we? very much in the details, and especially, I think, in the God spelled, spelled backwards, the dog details. Here. Exactly. And, you know, don't, don't our dogs really talk to us? Do they? Absolutely. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm a dog person. I consider that myself at least half dog. You know, and I find that we err greatly when we think of animals as belonging to lesser, you know, lesser forms. They are other tribes, other nations, and they've been on the planet a lot longer than we have. <laughs> and I have learned so much. One of my books, Mystical Dogs, is about this, you see, how, how dogs are guides to our inner life. But to return to your, your original question, Pat, about what it is that people can expect from this conference. I think that they can find not only a, a band of angels, if you will, who will support them on their own journey of profoundly making a difference, because what we do in our time will profoundly make the difference as to whether we grow or, or die, but they will establish a relationships with people who can be supportive with them on their projects to make a difference. They will find tools within themselves that there's something that I'm going to be stressing in my workshop tools within themselves that will be able to activate uh, changes in the outer environment. And above all, they will really have a sense of possibilities. It is not a dire conference. It isn't a we're at the end times, although probably we are. But what are we doing in the opening times? We are the people at the parenthesis. And, uh, you know, we're at the end of one era. We're not quite at the beginning of the new one. The old era is crashing and burning all around us. But at the same time, it is in this parenthesis time that the great seeds of new ways of being, new ways of being in self, in society, and also in the cosmos, thus the sacred dimension of this. Um, in the terms of the sacrality of it, uh, the, the, the question that what is it? that is trying to emerge? What is the great evolutionary purpose that is yearning at the threshold of space and time that is trying to enter into time? How do we tap into the larger plan, the larger pattern, in ways that are, that are feasible, ways that really can shift, be the trim tab factors, those little tiny rudders on the great rudders of great ships that when you turn the little tiny rudder it turns the great rudder it turns the great ship around what are the trim tab initiatives that we can take to turn the ship of civilization around and these are some of the things we will be exploring well if not us then who that's exactly that was rabbi akita Akita, 2000 years ago said that exactly and we are so in that place right now you know gene some people some people uh you know that that i talk to and and some people people in conversation generalities let me use uh are at this place where they think well you know what folks don't really care i mean we're just sitting here and we're not really taking action we're not really getting involved and why is that why is it that we are not getting involved and what does this symbolically what does this conference represent symbolically and, and, and from an archetype point of view? Yes. Well, of course, you know, part of that is true and part is not. Uh-huh, right. Uh, there are probably more volunteers in America or North America than there have ever been uh, in any other time in history. Paul Hawken has just come back from a round-the-world trip where he has uh, really looked at how many organizations are out there that are trying to help people in societies, and it runs into the millions, you know. Um, the, the civil society is growing. 
the greening of the time is growing. It's just that, unfortunately, our media does not talk or address those kinds of things, except, you know, on page 49. So the thing is, uh, Paul Ray will be there, and he will be talking yes. about the cultural creatives and how you have maybe 25, 26, 27% of the society that is out there, that is ecologically aware, that is that that tries to go for voluntary simplicity, that goes for the greening of the world, that attempts to do their human homework. I mean, all the things that he has written about in terms of this, this tremendous, passionate turning that is happening. I mean, everywhere I go, I find people aware, awake, and wanting to make a difference. The hound of heaven is going woof, 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 woof at their feet. So that when we talk about, I think one of the beauties of this conference is that those are the kinds of people who are going to be there. And if you need, if you have felt yourself to be, you know, you know, a couch potato just watching it or, and feeling the need but not doing anything about it, my God, come to this conference because here is where you'll get inspired. Find out what some of your deeper purposes and true and high tasks are, and then we'll begin to have some of the community that will help you do it. Well, what's interesting about this is the quality. This may be a small conference in terms of of some of the other conferences that are held, but I have to tell you, the quality, if you go to the wisdomuniversity.org website or, or even the Dr. Pat Show website and you click on the, on the icon for sacred activism, what you will find is a 24-page program because this is a well-thought-out well-thought-out conference that isn't just about Gene and others standing on a platform and talking at you. This is about having intimate conversations and learning and communicating and sharing your thoughts and having different perspectives um, and doing that in a well-organized, high-vibration, uh, sacred-ground way. And that's what I think we're talking about here, Gene. Absolutely. Another thing you talked about, well, my, my topic is going to be the imagining of the future yes. and to making and bringing this imagination into town, downloading, if you will, mm-hmm. a, a, a finer and more probable future. And I mean that both in, in the most obvious way as well, perhaps a little esoterically as well. We have many probable futures, and we have to learn how to select for them. And in a sense, you know, there's like another time, if I might speak as a, a kind of healing fiction or in a science fiction-y way, it's as if these different probable futures are out there for us. But we have to do the work, the work of our own creation, our co-creation, creating with the, the creator, thus the sacrality of it, to be able to, be able to catch the, the, the patterns of possibility that are awaiting us. Now, those patterns of possibility require a certain amount of work on our time looking at the problem, looking at the issues, looking at what can be done. I mean, I've created a whole field around this called social artistry. Yes, I know. (laughs) By the way, people go to my website, Gene Houston, one word, Gene Houston. Houston is in Texas, genehouston.org. They can find out about it or socialartistry.com. But what we do is we learn how to bring the same kind of focus, the skills, the intensity, the passion that the artist brings to his or her domain, but we apply it to the social canvas. And we, thus we train people to think in different ways, to think in images as well as in words, to think kinesthetically, that is to think with the whole body, to tap into the tremendous creative resources that lie within each and every one of us to gain access to the great creative patterns that are trying to come through us. 
to gain passion for the possible, to learn how to work in community, in teams, to find a new story for our time, to find a guiding myth, a guiding, engendering story that gives us this passion to follow through, to engage in lifelong learning, to really learn some of the domains of healing, not healing as fix-it, not healing as salvational or redemptive, but healing rather as, as purposeful, as going somewhere, of having a larger vision of where we can be. One of the great problems of our time is that we do not really have a world vision. We have the world mind taking a walk with itself. We have tremendous diversity and cultural uh, expansion. But we don't yet have a vision of what this world truly can be. How do we enter sacredly into deep, intensive, contemplative dialogue, contemplation and dialogue, and uh, with, with creation, so with the earth herself, so that we find out what is it that is trying to emerge and then to be inspired by this vision as great, great creative artists have been since time immemorial, to be inspired by the vision of the possible, to do our own work, to become the possible human who sees then the vision of the possible society, the possible world, and then by golly to go about doing it. <laughs> I know where I'm going to be that weekend, Jean. <laughs> you know, for me, in listening to the way you speak about this, uh, it really does tap into a very old part of me, one that was a very serious activist back in the 60s and 70s. And we're very familiar with what that looks like. A lot of us that have been there are familiar. And then there are some people that are listening to this show are, have not been there. They certainly were not born during that time. They were born after this yeah. time. And yeah, so we were on the peace ride we, we going were, into the South. We were on ourselves the, arrested. Uh, absolutely. In at <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, having people uh, kind of, you know, investigate who you are because of, you, because of stepping out in a country that really talks about our freedom of speech. But that's what we did. How is that, that you know, that time, that, that place, how is that different than what you see emerging now and specifically the Sacred Activism Conference? Sure. Well, of course, we didn't, we were not brought up on television at that time. That's, that's right. So it was more oral. It was not visual. Mm. We did not spend hours and hours in front of the set. We were not wired. It, I was just reading a Time magazine article that suggested 82% of young people, you know, the young adolescents today are wired. You know, they're not just the iPods and the Internet and living through screens. Um, so, but, so there was more face-to-face -face interaction. It wasn't through a screen or through, a, you know, something that you're hooked into. And that, and that is a real pathos, uh, you know, Pat, it, it, because there, there's nothing like person to person. Now, we, what we have now is we do have the Internet. Right. And we also have the capacities because of greater travel for people to get together. And I think if one thing, you know, the high tech has demanded that we live in has required much more high touch of people really meeting each other. So a conferences like these are springing up <clears throat> so that people can truly meet and then not just be an interneted experience. And, uh, they, and thus, the, because we meet this way, we meet with greater intensity, greater passion, greater commitment to each other than perhaps we did in the past. Now, remember, in the 1960s, I still remember people screaming for peace 
with venom dripping from their fangs, you know, because they really hadn't done their human homework except, you know, to take a psychedelic now and then, a visionary vegetable. <laughs> but nowadays, we have the, the huge understanding that we did not have 40 years ago on what it really takes to develop the inner self to be an adequate steward of outer change. So the 60s came and left and with, with a lot of fun. I mean, I celebrated all the time. You know. <laughs> I did, I did and too. We're in the age of Aquarius. You know. We're in the age of Woodstock. That's right. It was great fun. But what we, the sustainability did not happen because we had not yet the tools to develop both the inner and outer resources to do it. Now we have those tools. And now we have those tools in ways that we never had before. And, of course, that's a lot of my work, to bring these tools to people in dramatic and dynamic ways and then allow them to find the projects, the, the, the engagement, the mm -hmm. social changes that they want to make and give them the capacities to make those changes. You know, in the past, we, we had tremendous enthusiasm, but we didn't have the tools. And now we have a way to let people know about the tools. I mean, we didn't have that either. You know what I'm saying? Even if we'd have had the tools back then, there wasn't sort of this this connection through the through the electronic means, the digital world that we live in. Sure. Now we can go to GeneHouston.org and click on that website and just be absolutely blissed out by the array of books that you have there, the wonderful opportunities, the workshops, the mystery school. I mean, a click of a button can take an individual to GeneHouston.org and find that information. Now, one of the most valuable things that people are interested in is that we have a seven-day intensive on acquiring these tools, which was called the Mystery School of the Summer Intensive in June. And we're going to be doing it in New York State. Uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, and it's, that's it, great. You know, it's a, like an hour and a half from the airport, uh, the Newark airport. And it would it'd be the, it would, if they really wanted an intensive course in acquiring these tools, that's what I would really suggest. The Mystery School Intensive, and they can find out all about that by going to janehouston.org. Oh, that's great. And, you know, we'll let people know about that because I've been to, I've been to the Mystery School and I've been to social artistry. Mm -hmm. So I'm very familiar with those. You know, let me ask you this question, Jean, because I have, I have been with you in, yes. in, in these workshops. And, and, you know, we're talking about this. We're calling it a sacred, sacred activism. Yes. Sacred activism. Yes. So the question I want, I love to explore with you is, you know, what is the role whether it be proper or maybe politically incorrect, what would be the role of spirituality in, in framing these important issues, important issues in the area of politics, education, business, in our justice system, and in the environment, and in health care in particular? I mean, what is the role of spirituality, and is the world ready for it? Well, I think that we are in a great breakthrough time in spirituality. As I often say, the Zeit is getting geisty. The time is getting mm. filled with the spirit. Not since the 6th and 5th century B.C. where within 150 years you had the rising of these great spiritual geniuses. Buddha, Pythagoras, Confucius, Lao Tzu, you know, Mahavira. I mean, these, these extraordinary things. Not since then have we had such a rising tide of spirituality. Now, it's taken many forms. It's taken a spiritually progressive form and it has taken a, 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 a fundamentalist form. But it still is all about the fact that people are yearning as they never had before. And I find this, frankly, all over the world. As you know, one of my minor claims to fame is that I'm one of the best travel people who's ever lived. I've been in and worked in over 100 countries and worked intensively in 40 mm. cultures. 
and everywhere you find this this rise of spirituality um, so that that people can understand the source of, of their life and understand the changes of which they're part of which they are a part now I think that what is happening in terms of the um, uh, the need to begin to enhance love, caring, kindness, generosity, ecological and ethical behavior, to encourage us to treat others as embodiments of the sacred, and to respond to the universe with awe and wonder, the great universe story that shows us that we are living in a, in a universe larger than our aspiration and more complex than all our time. How to encourage uh, a cooperation between science and spirit, and overcoming the narrow technocratic consciousness, which unfortunately does not necessarily open us, avail us to the largesse of, uh, of, of the sacred. And so how to then bring the sense of the sacred, the sense of this deep, 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 creative, passionate creator, creation that is part of us, and to be able to let it rise to the great issues of social justice, peace, nonviolence, international unity, ecological sanity. And I think that's what spiritual activism is. And I think it also is a way of, of helping to go beyond the religious right, which has been, in a sense, um, as, as my friend Michael Lerner says, is, 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 has been... Uh, um, Articulating that there was a crisis, and then blames the crisis on gays and lesbians and African Americans and independent women, uppity women like you and me, and most recently on um, secular people, liberals, and so-called activist judges. Now, I think that what a spirit, true spiritual activism can do is to show us that there is these are not you know these are not the people to blame in fact these are often the people that are carrying a de depth of spiritual awareness but it but but to begin to to celebrate the dimensions of life that go beyond politics and economics that realize that we have to make economics a satellite to the soul of culture rather than having the soul of culture as a satellite to economics, you see. Mm -hmm. And to be able to bring spiritual potency and awareness to the whole domain of human affairs. Now, part of that, there's something I'll speak about in my, my all-day workshop, or however it is, I don't know how many hours it is, on the, is it, I think it's on the 14th of May. Yeah, it's is, pretty much, is that pretty the much rising all day. <laughs> feminine is something that is fascinating here. Um, that the rising, and I don't mean to put down the mail, but when women rise to full partnership with men in the whole domain of human affairs, this shifts everything. Because with women, the emphasis is necessarily on process rather than on product, on, on making things go here and deep and grow, deep and grow. And the feminine face of God, which is the face that is the, the nurturing as well as the creating, the, that which evokes the relationship between people that sees the dynamic participational aspect of any event, of any of, of honoring the goodness and the goddedness in the other. This is something that when we bring it then into the social domain, it shifts everything. And this is not really for one party or the other. I mean, what you're talking about, Jean, really transcends politics? 
absolutely goes way beyond politics. It goes way beyond. It, it more goes closer toward what I have referred to as politeia, which is the original word for politics in ancient Greece. But politeia means a lot more than politics. It means people deeply working together to create a better world. It's a civil society. And that's something that is available to each and every one of us in this country, for sure. I mean, we have every every opportunity to really call into our consciousness and our sacred being. Yes, indeed. We do. This is what we have here. It really is a blessing. I think sometimes, don't you think, Jean, we, we forget that? We well, I think we do forget it because we get absorbed by the too muchness of our life. You know, people used to work 35-hour weeks, and now they work... Not 40, but 50 and 60 hours, um, you know, just, just to stay abreast, as well as the, enter, the emphasis on materialism, material getting. Oh. And that comes from a lack of spiritual knowledge, because you're not being sourced, as well as a lack of imagination. Materialism always arises because of a lack of imagination. So the question is, how do we tap people back, and this is what I do in a lot of my work, to the imaginative, imaginal, creative qualities? I'm going to use, in a seminar I'm about to give, the image of the butterfly. Oh. Do you know the caterpillar? We see this caterpillar, and it goes around eating everything. It's like, rom, 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 rom. And then when it's finally sated, it wraps itself around a twig, and it grows its little cocoon, and then it dissolves. It becomes sheer goop, mush, mush. And you figure, how out of this just this horrible mush is anything going to happen? And then imaginal cells, that means guidance cells that are there in the mush, begin to join together. They begin to create a team. See, it's the politeia that's within the, the, the teamwork within the, the, uh, within the goop. And, of course, the old cells say, wait a minute, wait a minute, something new is happening. Let's attack them. But they can't attack too much because what happens is the imaginal cells, the guidance cells within the goop, get together. And they then begin to create the form of the butterfly, which emerges, lives, and it lives lightly on the earth. It pollinates flowers. It can traverse great distances. It is an evolutionary step beyond the 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 goop of <laughs> you know, the poor caterpillar who's essentially an eating machine, you see. Well, now, the problem is, is that many of us are still caught in our caterpillar mode, in our materialism, in our cons consumption, modes of consumption, eating everything in sight. And there's a, then even, a, even another group that's in the goop and saying, where am I going? It's nothing. I'm lost. I'm just mush. I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a mist. Where am I? And what we try to do in our work, and you try to do in your work and your wonderful shows, Pat, is to begin to activate the imaginal cells so that the next part of us, the butterfly of ourselves, can emerge, you see. And it's interesting, in ancient Greek, the word for butterfly was psyche, psyche in the original pronunciation, psyche, soul. So the soul of the world, the soul of ourselves, the essential directive evolutionary force is trying to emerge in this time. Wow. You know, Jean, it's always such a pleasure. I know you have to run. I really thank you so much for joining the show today. Well, thank you for having me, Pat. And, um, you know, in closing this segment, what I'd like to ask you, what is the personal message? What personal message would you like to leave with our listeners right now? I think the message is that you are very fortunate to have been born in this time. You know, you are the end point of a 13.7 billion experiment that has resulted in your life. <laughs> Why are you here? You're here because you have to be. You're here because these are the times we are the people 
and the evolutionary experiment that has resulted in us could readily end by the end of this century. Uh, and so what you do in your life, the way you engage your own incredible capacities, the way you really act to for purpose to achieve your real destiny, to make a difference, will make a difference as to whether we grow or die. This is the great either-or of history. And uh, we might as well make the difference. We might as well rise to the challenge of having been born in this most extraordinary time. I realize other people in other times thought they were it. They're wrong. This is it. <laughs> and this is the time that allows us to get over our little local neuroses and to get on with the great task of world and personal change. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Jean Houston. Thank you so much. And, you know, let me just say this to you. Um, there is a, a song. It's called Butterfly. It was created by a local musician, Ava Sikowski. Her CD is Sacred Romance. I will send you a copy of that oh, so you that. can hear this song, Butterfly. And I know that you will absolutely love it and want to use it. And she'd be more than thrilled to oh, gift that, that to you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Jean Houston. Jean, I will see you on Sunday. And many many days. days i'll see you then have thank a great you. one thank you for all that you do wow uh let's take a short break right now uh that was dr jean houston she will be at the sacred activism conference coming up may 11th through the 14th you have just believe me i have been in the room with jean that was a very brief encounter with uh an individual who is passionate about who you are what your life is about how you affect what goes on in the planet, how you create change beyond your imagination, all of that. And I know that she has been dead. When, when she says she is the most traveled person on the planet, she truly is. And it's not just travel to travel. She has traveled across the globe to touch the hearts and the souls of so many people. This is the work that she does, and she does it absolutely unconditionally. And this is the woman that you will get to be with at this conference. So let's take a short break, Mr. Benny. When we come back, I would love to open up the phone lines for you. It's going to be Benny and Pat right here for the rest of the show. I have some cards I would love to pull for you. Anything going on in your life, we'd love to hear from you. I'm going to be pulling from the prosperity card deck. So we're going to get a sense of what happened in for you how we can hold the intention and the high holy order for you because this is really your life i'm dr pat this is the dr pat show loving you guys every minute 425-373-5527 425-373-5527 and one triple eight two nine eight five five six nine one triple eight two nine eight five five six nine we'll be right back 